have you had anybody, uh, you know, have you have you gotten a hold of like a chicken pox shot or anything and had anybody actually analyze what's in there? Well, we do know uh, that, um, for instance, when they when they when they did the smallpox vaccinations for Africa. And everybody came down with AIDS. They did admit that 30 laboratories, independent, separate laboratories across Europe, uh, somehow all were all contaminated with HIV. They just couldn't figure it out. Really? Yeah, it came out too. Uh, yeah, they, 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 when did that happen? Oh, that was about what, eight years ago, I think nine years ago. They admitted to that then. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you follow, as I say, the mandatory inoculations that began in Britain from uh, the British health authorities, uh, you'll find, and, and the British Medical Journal publishes them from the 1800s, you'll find that when they were given out mandatory smallpox inoculations uh, in the 1800s, uh, when they gave out something like uh, 90 or thousands of them, 90 or thousand people came down and died of it. <laughs> So the yeah, same there's always a good chance with that, from what I understand, because mm-hmm. isn't, that's live, right? It's supposedly it's supposed to be subdued. You might say it's not supposed to be able to to um, reproduce. I think I think they can, and I think that was a big reason they didn't want to give that shot to us um, when they thought there could be chemical warfare. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. going on. I know they didn't want to. They didn't want to. Uh, have a lot of Americans having that shot unless it was absolutely necessary because of the fact that it's, it is live and we could have come down with smallpox. Yeah, and, and uh, this is certainly since measles, mumps, and rubella came out, the triple. Uh, you see, one time autism used to be about one in, in five, uh, fifty odd thousand people, and autism would be there from birth. Hmm. You could recognize the symptoms, the milestones didn't progress. And they didn't get up to the two-year-old dada mama stage. Um, but, but, but the it's on air. Hold on one second. Yeah. One dada from the Paranormal Channel. My name is Carrie Stone. Welcome back to the Lou Gentilly Show. I'm here filling in for Lou. Lou heard his back on May 24th, and I took over on June 6th. He had back surgery the end of June, had a uh, disc removed from his back. He fell off a ladder and... That's how he ended up getting hurt. No demons involved. So tonight I have a wonderful guest with me tonight. His name is uh, Alan Watt, and we've been talking on break, off break, and he is—he's absolutely fascinating to talk to, and I'm learning a lot. And we were just talking about the smallpox vaccination. Alan, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, off off air, we were we were discussing the smallpox mm-hmm. vaccination and how you had said that uh, um, a string of of HIV got sent out with that vaccination. Yes, for Africa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to share that story? Yeah. What well, was it was discovered that this that the World Health Organization had funded uh, inoculations um, to be put across first in Haiti and then to Africa. And when they followed uh, the AIDS that, that uh, broke out across the planet, sure enough, it began in Haiti, 
and then moved on to all the places where the UN had visited. Now, the UN initially tried to cover it by saying, well, they didn't uh, use new needles all the time, they didn't sterilize needles. That was their cover story. Uh, then they tried to blame it on a homosexual that would have to have um, been rather uh, uh, full of hormones to go through a good part of Africa by himself. Uh, so, And then, of course, later on it came out um, that 30 odd laboratories that participated in making our, our uh, vaccine plants across Europe uh, that, that had uh, made the vaccines all somehow were contaminated with this virus and they just don't know how it happened. And, and that's how it's put to us, is some sort of bungle that we'll never figure out, some big mystery. And it's only a mystery when you you go into the history of AIDS. It was it was um, Henry Kissinger who put the bill through uh, back when Nixon was in, uh, and he put, he said that the greatest danger, the greatest threat to the state, uh, was overpopulation. And he set aside a whole bunch of money to go into bacterial warfare research and methods to find something which would destroy the immune system of the body. Uh, so much so that even eventually a common cold would kill you because you'd have no defenses. And uh, even the, the, the expenditures for that particular part of the agenda, uh, even, you can get copies of the actual bill. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is all, it's all done uh, deliberately. You don't, the you government know, created AIDS. AIDS. I have absolutely no, no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt whatsoever. Do you have a, a cure for it? Uh, oh, absolutely, because uh, I, I got a two-page spread in the British Daily Mail about ten years ago, and it was about a reporter who uh, he went to Porton Downs Laboratory, which is the British military warfare laboratory, mm-hmm. uh, huge facilities. Uh, interestingly, the banker David Rockefeller, uh, it was a Baron Rockefeller. He used to uh, be the head of that. Victor, uh, Victor Rothschild, sorry. He was uh, the head of that department. He was one of the few of the family that did banking and science. But uh, they, uh, this reporter said, they all sat down with the, in the morning, all these scientists with the reporter, and they casually talked about all the diseases they'd made that could be ethno-specific. In other words, if, if they wanted to go for a particular type gene, uh, a racial gene, whatever, uh, they could kill everybody off w- with this particular virus or that particular virus. They even had viruses that could sweep across a continent in a week and then uh, it would stop reproducing itself after the, the billions time type of thing. You could program the viruses just like a, a clock, you know. Uh, that's how advanced they were. So, yeah, they've been making all this kind of stuff for, uh, for years and uh, it's the international law that when they alter the genetical structure of a virus or bacterium, that every stage of its evolution in the laboratory, they must have a, a subsequent antidote for it as well. So they, so they do have the antidotes to them, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do you think, then, that AIDS pretty much became a disease for gay men? It, it initially, when they, they put it into to Haiti, Haiti was the, the paradise that, uh, that homosexual males would go into for young boys. That's, okay. That was the big vocational spot for them. They did documentaries in Canada about that, and they, they were picking up little boys six and seven years of age for, a, for peanuts and, 
and that's the horrible truth of it. Uh, so it spread rapidly back into the U.S. Mm -hmm. through that method. Um, it, it travels through parts of Europe. They've traced it uh, by a particular uh, guy who worked on the aircraft company's uh, flight attendant. Uh, he passed it to over, I think, a few dozen people, maybe a couple of hundred people. So uh, this was intentional for sure. And what's odd about it too is when you compare it with any other transmissional, uh, sexually transmitted disease, it's law that if you catch gonorrhea or syphilis, uh, then they must send tracers out to find every contact you've had sexually so that they can have them treated. That's the natural way to stop it, you see, is find everyone who's got it. And um, it's interesting that through a political movement, they managed to stop any screening for AIDS, which allowed it to spread even further. Mm -hmm. So this is intended to, to uh, kill off people. However, you'll find today that most of the major illnesses out there are autoimmune diseases with AIDS-like symptoms. Uh, the, the, the chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, fibromyalgia, um, so many different diseases now, uh, or new termed diseases, are all really the same thing. Uh, massive allergies, uh, children who have inoculations, because their immune system is attacked severely, their immune system tries to go to war all the time with things that normally they should ignore, but they can't, they can't select. So when your, your immune system and all your white blood cells are fighting everything, which shouldn't even bother you, they should ignore, when you get a real disease, they can't marshal their forces and churn out the proper white blood cell to kill off that particular uh, disease. And what do you think about, like, ADHD then? Is that real? It, the, well, it, all it is is the side effect of the inoculations because, hmm. as I say, they're targeting the brain. Okay. That's why the IQ level has dropped for the first time in, I don't know, many thousands of years. You know, it just suddenly dropped. <laughs> mm. And you take any child in for the inoculations, and doctors are told this too. You know, they believe what they're told as well. This whole system is based on faith. And, uh, and the doctor will tell you that the child, uh, uh, he might have a little fever for a couple of days, but don't worry about it. He'll get over it. Right. And, and what you're seeing is sure enough to get a fever is concentrated in the head. It's the head that's hot and burning, and that's where the inflammation is. Inflammation causes death of cells. And when you couple that with Arthur Kessler, uh, his writing, working in think tanks to destroy that part of the brain and mentioning inoculations, you start putting two, to get two together. Uh, you watch the IQ dropping, you watch the attention deficit and, and then the new type of autism, which only occurs after the inoculations. Then you put it all together and you say, this is, this is deliberate. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. Like, the dogs have to get shot. Are they doing anything to animals? Yeah, there's a lot now uh, apparently on the web. I haven't looked into it. Others have. Uh, and uh, there, there are vets now that are giving out shots which can, do not contain mercury or any of these substances because they realize that the dogs are having the same kind of problems with the types of shots they're given. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's a scary. It's reality. I mean, if we live in our Disneyland where we're being well-managed, we're good domesticated people, and that's what we are, 
when you cannot think for yourself and you truly believe there are people above you that are there to take care of you, then you have been domesticated. And that's the image that's been pushed through media, movies, and even comedies, uh, that you're being well managed by some invisible force above you that you'll never meet. And uh, we're content being well managed like good sheep, you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've lost our ability for self-preservation, our instinct for self-preservation, exactly what Arthur Kessler said they wanted to do by attacking that part of the brain. Yeah, but look at all the people who don't trust the government. They don't trust them, but they, they still um, have a hard time going into any research for themselves. In fact, there's almost a disinterest there of finding out the whys for themselves. And, and it's also true that, that uh, um, how think tank, tanks work is they know, for instance, if they want to bring part, forth an agenda it, within the population that's going to affect the population, they know in advance through their think tanks and, and their plans um, that certain people will stand up in a grassroots organizations and eventually try and oppose them. So what they do is they train people to, to lead and start up these oppositions before they, the public do it themselves. They give us our heroes to follow, and, and that's why we never seem to defeat anything. They get what they want. They give us the heroes. And this is an old, old, old technique, you know. Mm. They give us the, the heroes, um, the superstars. People follow the stars. They give us stars. People are more concerned about what the, what the people in Hollywood are doing than, than, than how their neighbor's doing up the road. Yeah. Mm. That's the reality. We live in a fictional reality. Well, we live in something, I will say that. And I, I do agree that the government tries to control absolutely everything, mm. including the media and what we're told and what we are supposed to think. Mm-hmm. But like I said, then you have others who are saying, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who aren't watching the news anymore because they're sick of it. Mm-hmm. It is nothing. All it is is the same war except it's in a different country. Yeah, yeah. It's the same people being killed, except their names are different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nothing yeah. changes, and it is so boring. And uh, like I told you, I want, I want some good news for a change. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to see the county fair. I want to know, I want to know who won the cow mm-hmm. contest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. something different because it's so. Mm-hmm. It's so negative, and I just I don't want to buy into that because I'm one who truly believes that, you know, if you believe in negativity and you keep feeding onto that negativity, you're going to help create more negativity. And I'm just I'm not a negative person. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's understandable. What we're, see, what people are really longing for is something which is in their mind primarily, but it's something that would normally be called normalcy. <laughs> Normality would be when when the world is safe, or at least the world around you is safe, and and you can be yourself. You can you can afford to relax. You can afford to to interact with those around you in the full sense of the term, and and your guard should not be up. Uh, that's what that's we're, we're yearning almost for a little house on the prairie type idea. You see, because 
stress, uh, that's the thing too with stress, stress builds up and, and you look for something that's normal to try and hold on to in, in a time when we're in tremendous flux. All reality, all normals now are in flux. Right. You see? And so, and each time they, they knock down what was a normal bastion in society, each time they knock one down, uh, then we're more confused because we have nothing to compare anything with the new norm that comes along. We need the norms to, 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 to sort of guide us, but they have one by one been destroyed over the, well, certainly since the beginning of the Cold War and even before that, you know. By, by planned organization. Mm-hmm. And, and because when we go through all these changes, we feel insecure. Uh, we know, everyone knows that they can pull the plug on the money anytime they want to. It's a juggling act, you know. So they keep us in tension and fear, fear of our lives through terrorism, uh, fear of economic collapse, uh, fear of plagues by birds or whatever, but it keeps you in this constant state of fear. And when you're in that state of fear, uh, they can then uh, say, hey, don't worry, we, the big daddies, are here to take care of it for you. And we become even more domesticated by by breathing a sigh of relief, and, and then they rush ahead and do the next part of their agenda, which gives you less freedom. So we've got to be aware of what's happening at the same time as we know that that there there could be another reality if we'd all participate in this one. So what can we do? What can we do to try and change things? Well, I'll tell you, and I've said this on so many shows, uh, and it's got to be understood by people that from the days of uh, of, uh, John Dee going back to Queen Elizabeth I court, uh, and the early pre-Masonic, it was a Masonic institution, or lately called Masonic, pre-Masonic institution. Uh, just go through the deceased members and newspapers of the boards on schools, the boards on police boards, uh, teacher associations, educational associations, political organizations, the people you vote into power, and you'll find there's only one common thread through all of them. And that's something called Freemasonry. And if you don't delve in and find out what it really, really is all about, uh, then you're done for. Uh, you, you're, you're getting. What is the one thing that we have to dive into there? Uh, you got to dive into the pot. I mean, if you're giving someone the right, you're voting in someone with a right to make laws that are going to affect you and your children. Okay. Then you, then 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 you, yep, you should have the right to know what organizations these people have sworn allegiance to, uh, such as the Freemasonic associations. You've got to know because these associations are all one at the top under a thousand names, and they all have the same agenda. Which is the new world order? That's 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 their order. Is a world society, a standardized world society, one culture, run by an elitist group at the top. That's the agenda of Freemasonry. So it's ludicrous to vote people in without demanding to know if they're going to make laws that affect you and your children, uh, and even safeguard property and all the rest of it you better find out what they have given allegiance to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should all be out in the open. And you'd be amazed because your, your bureaucracies and everything else from, from your local council to your school board to everything would have to empty out because they're all in it. 
whole world is run like this at the moment. Well, let's just get rid of them all and start over. I'd say, and, and but I'd certainly make it uh, a need to know. Uh, I don't care what party they claim to belong to. I don't believe there are any parties. Um, I think politicians are there just to take the heat as the agenda rolls forth, to be honest. Uh, in this day and age, that the bureaucracies at the federal level, they know what their partner is. They don't get elected at all. And these uh, families are intergenerational, and, and the bureaucracies, you know. Mm-hmm. They're intergenerational. Uh, they don't get sworn in uh, to, and are elected by you. But they all work for the same partner that's at the global agenda. So we have to, be, we, we have to have them accountable to the people. That's what, what's got to happen. If it, it's funny, there was a guy recently in Canada was stunned. He was a lifelong voter. You know, I've never voted in my life, and I'm very proud of it, because I knew it was a big con game from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But one guy, he'd voted all his life, and he, he voted for his town council uh, uh, to get certain people in. And this is on the national news here. He came out and he said, he says, I never realized before that under the laws of democratic rule, the only right the citizen has is to vote them in. We have no other right beyond that. Hmm. You can't get them out. You can't do anything to them if they, if they completely change their mind and do the opposite of what they got voted in to do. That, that you have no, nothing, you, you, that's all you can do is vote them in. Well, that happens all the time, you know. Yes, and it's all. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I didn't vote this last time. I did not vote for President Bush. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't agree with him. I don't agree with this war he's got us into. I, yeah. I think it's wrong. I mm-hmm. don't think we belong there. Well, we don't. And so, see, the thing is, they published this agenda before 9-11 happened that they wanted to do this. I mean, here we are living to that. To, and this is a private club that published this that they all belong to. Mm-hmm. And here they are, the little private boys club, uh, taking all your tax money and the lives of your, your people and sending them off to the middle to, to fulfill a mission drawn up a long time ago by a, by a secret society. Well, yeah, plus George Bush wanted to get even for um, Hussein trying to kill his dad. No, I don't think that was even it, you know. Well, it has a lot to do with it, though. I mean, that went all over the airwaves and... That was, that was a big part of his agenda. Well, at the top of the New American Century policy, and the guy who really designed it and wrote about it, the boss was uh, Wolfowitz at that time. Mm-hmm. And he laid down the agenda, starting with Afghanistan, then Iraq, then Iran, then Syria, and so on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Bush is a sort of a front boy, I think, for the... He's made so many bloopers when he, try, he doesn't read the dummy board. He, he, if he tries to ad-lib something, he, he puts oh. his foot in it, you know. He is the biggest idiot we've ever had as a president. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. anybody out there who doesn't agree with me, well, you know, I'm sorry, but he's not a bright man. Well, I, I, like, I like to talk when he said, when, he, when the French uh, were supposedly opposing his war in the Middle East, and he says, what do you, what do you thought about the Frenchman? He says, well, what can the French teach us? He says... They don't even have a word for entrepreneur. Yeah. It came from, that's where it comes from. It's a French word. I mean, isn't that French? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, my God, you, you know, it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah you got to be proud of him right there. Yeah, well, he, he's quite something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but 
that no, he's not leading this war. He's not leading this war at all. Uh, the advisors are lead the war. All the big okay, boys. Why aren't we going after Osama bin Laden? What's going on? It was irrelevant. They said that on national TV in the inquiry uh, about Iraq, when when Bush said that he that he knew that Hussein had nothing to do with 9/11, uh, he also said that when he was asked about Ben Laden, he says it doesn't matter about Ben Laden anymore. That that's what he answered. They're not interested. And they're not interested because it was an excuse to do what they had to do. They had to get a war started there. Everything stinks about 9-11. Everything, everything that happens stinks to high heaven. Well, okay, well, explain how Bush was friends with Osama bin Laden. I mean, they were... On the, on, on the day, on the day uh, it was more than that. Uh, uh, do you remember the first Trade World bombing? Yeah. Well, do you know who got the contract to rebuild and bomb-proof the towers? Who? The biggest company uh, in partnership with the Bush family was the, the Laden family, the Ben Laden family. That's right. That's, That's right. right. They, That's went, they went in and they were supposedly bomb-proofed it. On the CBC News here, when 9-11 when occurred, George Bush Sr. was a few streets away having a, me a business meeting with the Layden family. That was on our national television here. That's where he was, that's what you got told where he was? Mm-hmm. There, have you seen the movie, um, oh, it's something 911. Oh, there's a whole bunch of them out now. Well, it shows Bush is, uh, in a classroom with... Well, that, that's him. Yeah, I'm talking about his father. His father was in a, at a meeting with oh, the, with the well, family. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. With his business partners, with the Leighton family, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> yeah, that was only a few streets away, yeah. And the only aircraft, when all aircraft were grounded across um, the Americas that day, mm -hmm. uh, the only aircraft allowed to fly out was the one that, that President Bush laid on for the Ben Leighton family to get them out of the country. So... Why did they let him go? Well, this, this was his family friend. Well, I, I think, to be honest, that the CIA set them all up in the first place. Uh, things aren't happening for the reasons we're told they happen. Right. Things happen according to long laid plans. And uh, as I say, they give us our leaders, but they also give other countries their leaders. They give factions their leaders. They give the oppositions. I mean, it was the CIA that put Fidel Castro into Cuba, remember? Right. And then once he was in, he, he said, oh, my goodness, we didn't know he was a communist. I'm on, come on. Come on. Mm -hmm. Come on. You know. So, so, yeah, so they set them up all over the world and the oppositions because through, this is all part of the occult religion, you see. Yeah. Uh, through conflict, you get change. Without conflict, you cannot get the change you desire. So they must always have specified conflicts which they can then can control the outcome of. And that's why we have all of this strife, uh, the rebuilding of society, the Masons build society, the structures of society, and they have to have conflict to bring down the old in order to bring in the new. And they set their plans sometimes centuries ahead uh, you'll find that when they set up Madame Blavatsky to bring in theosophy in the 1800s, 
they knew that a hundred years down the road they would open the doors to India for immigration and they wanted to blend Hinduism with Christianity for the new, the, the new Britain and the new Europe. So they brought in Blavatsky to bring in this religion. They heavily financed her. She was given a Freemasonic charter by the Grand Lodge of England. And, uh, and sure enough, a hundred odd years later, um, they brought in the people from, from India. Now you can go anywhere in England and, and sometimes you think you were in India, you know. So it's long-term planning for everything, yeah. So what do you think is, is going to happen next? Where are we headed? Well, we're headed for, as I say, the U.S.'s function right now is to finish off the job of democratizing the world <laughs> and, and getting all of those countries into the same system of banking, central banking, international banks to the United Nations, the same educational system, same social structure, etc. And then they take it to the next step once we're all unified globally into, as I say, the perfect beehive. The sim one of the main symbols of Freemasonry is the beehive with its caste-type system from the queen, uh, the priests around the queen, down to the workers at the bottom. And they want, uh, they want to make a whole new, brand new world uh, for a new age. Uh, with a vast population reduction. Uh, they've talked about this openly in major meetings. It's been published in major magazines. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to bring it down. Now, they're not, they're not messing around. They mean what they say. And they have the power uh, and, and organization to bring this about. They, they, they now say that we're post-industrial, we're post-technological, and we are now the useless eaters. We, and, and they want a world which is run on pure efficiency. Well, that's not going to happen. That's what they want, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, because the, if you if you study economics at university, uh, every every uh, course will tell you when you begin that um, every system in civilization. The key word there is this means this, this or their system, <laughs> civilization. When money was introduced, every civilization down through history has been formed around an economic system. And within economics, they have um, necessities of economics, supply, demand, but they also have, have uh, waste. And so societies are run according to economic standards. Uh, Carl quickly talked about this in a couple of his books, Tragedy and Hope and the Anglo-American Establishment. The world that they're going to bring in is to be a new feudal type system where the feudal overlords will be uh, the, the CEOs of international corporations and they will dictate the kind of world that they want. Well, we already have that. You, you, you now you're finding that the big uh, multinational corporations, in fact all the politicians you're seeing on the federal level have all been CEOs of these corporations, and then when they leave politics, they go right back into them. We already have this fascist-type system uh, here and now. Huh? And they want a, a totally renewed world where no excess population will be born. Uh, the United Nations has stated that they eventually will control all the water rights of the world under the guise of for the people. They'll also control the food supply of the world and they will ration that food out to the different countries. 
and they'll only, they will never up the quota of food necessary if your population increases. It will be up to the local government to, to somehow eliminate that excess population. That's stated in the United Nations. So these are negative things. However, we've got to understand that they are there. We can't uh, be Pollyanna and, and uh, dig our heads in the sand while these things are happening. They're, they're being implemented, these plans. We have to be aware and we have to retain or regain uh, our individuality and start using it because right now, we're, this, this is the age of the mass-conditioned man where everyone's got the same downloads on information so they have the same re repetitive answers to everything. We've got to think for ourselves as individuals and decide um, that are you personally uh, unique as a person? Uh, what's the value that you place on your own uniqueness? Uh, are, are you a spiritual entity? Are you, are you something that is sovereign, not just on, here, but on a, on a spiritual level? Because would you give up your ability uh, to, to influence the, the world for the better? Uh, would you be quite content to have others manage it all for you? In other words, is your sentience, your sentient being, uh, is that worth uh, fighting for? Or are you willing to give it all up in order to be managed by other people in an expert-run society? Uh -huh. We've got to stand up now and say all these things because shortly we won't have the chance. So there's lots of good things ahead for us. <laughs> if we want it. If we want it, but we've got to do it. We have to do it because what I'm saying can be checked. Yeah. And it's real. It's not like uh, it's not the wish lists lists of uh, mass murderers I'm giving. Uh, this is the wish the wish lists of, of uh, paid employees, which who, who will be mass murderers. Uh, this is from their own publications, and we cannot stick our head in the sand and say, well, somehow it doesn't concern me. If we can't have empathy for individuals across the planet who are being slaughtered or starved or bombed from the air, uh, then who should cry for us when it comes to be our, our turn? We have to get this back, this connectiveness uh, to, to the, 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 the sacredness of life because that's what we're giving up and that's what we're denying to ourselves and our children to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've got to be connected to other people for this. I, I, we've been so um, immunized through movies with lots of gore and blood and slaughter and all this stuff uh, that people can sit and watch these wars when they're having their dinner on major news stations. And you'll see all these dots running around on the ground. And, uh, and here's your, your bosses at the Pentagon saying, here's another smart bomb. And then you see all these dots disappear. Well, these dots are men, women, and children. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I can't watch that. I will not watch the news because mm. there's nothing good. It, it, it's, it's actually making us more immune. It's, it, it's desensitizing us mm -hmm. to the slaughter that, that's going on. And when you become desensitized, you become like the Soviet system where the KGB would come in the middle of the night and, and, and beat your, your, your neighbors up and, and take them off in their vans. And uh, and you don't care. We have to start caring about people around the planet 
because one day it's going to come to us. Well, you know, I mean, I think if you talk to the majority of Americans, mm -hmm. they they don't understand why we're over there, why we're in this war, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and why we're still over there. Yeah, and yet there's so few demands from the general populace to be told all of the facts, that there's so few demands out there. Most people, and it's a sad thing to say, are content being well managed. It, it, I will give you that, because even with the immigration mm -hmm. and how they had this uproar a few months ago, but now what do you hear about it? Nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know if they've actually passed any bills or not yet. I think they're still going round and round on what they want to do with it, but... Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but as I say, it's the agenda. You see, uh, the, the public are the last to know the truth, and it's generally long, long after the event, 50 to 100 years later, they'll, they'll declassify documents. Mm -hmm. In Britain, uh, I knew they were merging the whole of Europe uh, back in the early 60s. I knew it then. And... They, they kept lying to the public. They, all they said was, oh, the, the, the foreign minister was off uh, uh, cementing closer ties to France or closer ties to Europe. These are the terms they used. They'd never explained what it meant. And right to the very end when they merged and gave them, or oh, suddenly you've got a European Parliament. Well, well, gee, it was supposed to be an economic deal. Now we're all under one government based in Europe. Uh, now they've declassified documents that came out from the British government uh, um, about 1998-99 and it's stated right in there now they began the project uh, officially that is in 1948 they set up the bureaucracies to merge the countries okay. and it said right in there and so they take 50 years later then to tell you the truth they said that the public must not be told the truth about the merging of Europe until it's complete and what you're seeing in America is the same thing happening. Mm -hmm. For the merger, the merger of the continent was set up at the same time. The same boards were set up in every government state department or foreign office department for the merger of the, the Americas at the same time as it set up the ones in Britain. Mm -hmm. And all you're seeing at the moment is the fallout of the initial impact. And Jack Satali said it. He says there'll be, a, there'll be chaos for a while. He said, as, as hordes come up, he says, from South America, he said there will be chaos for a generation or two generations, and there will be confusion, confusion amongst the Americans because they don't know why it's happening. He said it will be kind of like the Huns and the barbarians attacking ancient Rome at the end. But he said eventually, after a few generations, it will quiet down, and America will be primarily Spanish-speaking. That's from a guy at the United Nations. Like the guy who spearheaded the European Union wrote the book. Well, we're headed that way, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's in a lot of places it seems more like Spanish is the first language. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's planned that way. <clears throat> all, the, all the top players are members of the Trilateral Commission and the Council on Foreign Relations set up by the Cecil Rhodes Foundation in England for World Government. Mm -hmm. They're all members of that same system. All your top politicians are members of it. Mm. And Canadian politicians. Mm -hmm. And the Mexican politicians. 
They all belong to the same non-governmental institute dedicated for world government with a tripartite system of three training blocks for the world mm. with three separate governments. A new government for the Americas, the, the, new, the, 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 the British now have to send everything off to Brussels and Belgium. That's where the capital is for Europe. So the British government is actually like a, an outpost. <laughs> like, 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 like a, it's now become a state government. Yeah. Not a good thing. And, and they discussed that the free, free trade negotiations for prior to NAFTA back in the 80s, they even discussed, they tossed around the idea of making Montreal the new capital for the Americas, the financial capital and political capital. Yeah, I never supported NAFTA, ever. Yeah. I didn't like NAFTA. <coughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But these are the plans, the agendas. Now, the Council on Foreign Relations has come out on national television in Canada. They came out just before March 2005 for the first time as an official body. Uh, generally, you'll see them next to some president or some advising them. Uh, and it says Council on Foreign Relations, which makes people think it's a government department. It's not. It's a private organization. And they came out as an official body just two weeks before they signed the unification of the Americas at Waco, Texas, March 2005. And they had drafted up the whole deal that President Bush, uh, Fox, and, and Martin signed. They boasted that they did it. <clears throat> so here you have an organization founded and, uh, by the British Crown, really, backing up Cecil Rhodes, mm -hmm. founded to bring in these three trading blocks in the world uh, with a unified Americas, Europe, and, and Pacific Rim region. They're simply following their plan. Mm. Yeah? So tell me... Um, we have about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Is there anything good going to happen? Do you think the American people will stand up and the Canadian people will stand up and put a stop to this? I think if they stood up physically right now, you, you realize the government's been preparing for this very thing for the last 25 years by um, creating special police agencies, recruiting like crazy. Most policemen, uh, it's been on the television here for the United States, are recruited right from the military, mm -hmm. and they have been for years, uh, and they've been building up all these special um, multi-jurisdictional task force uh, combinations. Uh, you have internal armies now ready to deal with all of this, should the public ever um, try to oppose it physically. So you... So you but I mm -hmm. mean, mm -hmm. with the election, mm -hmm. get, you know... You, you'd have to, you, you could not, I would never elect anyone that I couldn't get access to their, as I say, their private oaths, but they're dedicated to. Mm -hmm. You can't do it, it's so dumb. And, and people have been voting for years, and now they're telling you, yeah, all these politicians are members of the Council on Foreign Relations, a private organization dedicated to world government. Mm -hmm. Why would you vote them in? Yeah. And why would you vote any of them in? Uh, without demanding to know what organizations they belong to. 
Well, we didn't, as far as I'm concerned, we didn't vote President Bush in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, especially that first time around. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but it doesn't matter who she. They gave you Kerry as well, and Kerry's already admitted that if he got in, he would continue the war even more ferociously than Bush. Yeah, I didn't like him. Either. So see, there are no sides. They give us the sides to join. Uh, you, you can't get honest people, unfortunately, going into politics because uh, we live in a kind of psychopathic system. Uh, to get up into politics, you've got to be ruthless. As you, climb, yeah. you claw your way up there. It's, it's like the Donald Trump thing, that reality show. Uh, you know, the, the, the worst cunning person who can backstab everybody and, and always keep clean as they do it and claw them their way up, uh, they're basically psychopathic. Mm-hmm. And these are the ones we en- end up getting. They have no compassion for anybody. Yeah. So there's the, politics has always attracted this type of, of person. <laughs> so without a miracle to bring about a whole new structure where that's gone, um, I think it's up to the individuals now to reclaim their individuality. Uh, the, yeah. the new man, they have said, will be the collective man. They don't want anyone having any opinions that aren't uh, authorized as being politically correct. They want a mass man type. Right. The, the parrots, all the media stuff and all the sports stuff and all the authorized stuff, but they, don't not, they do not want independent thinkers uh, who have the ability to communicate what they know to others. That's a da- it's as dangerous these days to think, you know. Then they must absolutely love you. Oh, yeah, I've had, I've had some amazing conversations with some of them. I yeah. bet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you had any death threats? Uh, I had worse than that. I had uh, well, my old house almost got born, uh, burned down when I got a, a helicopter came over as I was on the air at the time, or just coming off the air on a radio show, and um, it, it was a, it was the height of my my roof, and uh, my wood stove just blew open and flames shot out. I wrapped the roof with a hose to put it out, and I could have tu- I could have almost touched the skid of the helicopter as it started moving away. It was that close, and they dropped down a magnesium phosphorus grenade, and it took me about half an hour to get it down. Uh, uh, I, I scraped the stuff out the pan at the bottom, the bottom of the chimney. It was white uh, ash powder, uh-huh. very white. When I got it outside, once it, 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 uh, it steamed off, it burst into flames again. It was phosphorus. So yeah, I, I had I had these presents before. Yeah. Who did that? Huh. All I know is it was dark. It was a, a military-style helicopter, and I thought at the time, you know, who's going to believe you? <laughs> who's going to? Be- who do you complain to? Who do you complain to? You you have nobody, and, and the cops wouldn't believe it. Or they would laugh at you. Mm-hmm. But this actually happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, then I wonder. I thought, you know, I wonder how many other people have actually done this to and actually killed, who've been written off in the media as house burned down or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they don't mess around in reality. They don't really mess around. Um, we see James Goldsmith, Sir James Goldsmith, who was all for the European Union. He was the head of the Knights Templars of England. Mm-hmm. And then he. Uh, he, he, he realized they were going to lose all their sovereignty and have no say in things. 
he tried to set up a party to oppose it and pull them back out of the Union. And after putting out his book called The Trap, um, he came down with cancer and about two weeks he died. Sudden prostate cancer. That's a favorite one with him, you know. How do you... So are you saying that he was given prostate cancer, technically? Yeah, in the British media back in the early 70s, they caught a, an assassin from the Soviet Union. And it was in all the papers at the time. He had a briefcase with him with all these different kinds of poisons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they said that these poisons can simulate any disease known to man rapidly. And there was one bottle they showed you that said this would give you cirrhosis of the liver. And that's what the, the autopsy would say. Uh, exact uh, same symptoms even if you're never drunk in your life they could do that and you'd be dead in a week uh, they could do the same with the cancers and everything else too yeah wow. so th- and this is old stuff I mean this is this is old stuff yeah that's the real world yeah that's not a nice place you don't like the real world yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's that is just horrible that I you know, I, I mean, I've heard of people having death threats and things like that, but mm-hmm. what you've been through is something else. It's and, quite and amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't even know what to say to that. Now, you have some books, don't you? Have you you've written some books. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Where, can, where can our listeners find your books? You can go on the website at uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Okay. And you'll find this cutting through one, two, and three. There's also uh, <clears throat> it's also on uh, disc format as well. And there's a, a CD there with the first shows of the origins of religion in ancient times. Okay. Where I go through the histories of the religions and the occult as well. Um, and uh, I'm going to put a lot more because I've got the, the religions of the occult all down through the ages. The occult religions are esoteric meaning behind them. Mm-hmm. up to the present and I'm putting my new D- DVD goes out uh, uh, in the next couple of days now and it's uh, explaining a lot more uh, of, uh, which will really hit you between the eyes when you see the symbols on it and the explanations that, that, that really haven't been shown before mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so they can go on the website they'll find all of this and lots of free downloadable stuff too okay yeah I did check out your website today, and it's, it seems like a very nice website. Yeah, it's yeah. set up and everything. And I, I was I was uh, listening to a couple of your um, um, things that you can listen to. Help me here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, this was all kinds of shows. I saw yeah, There's yeah. also a couple of videos up there you can download for free, and little talks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was your thoughts that you had going. Oh yeah. I think I think that's what it was, uh-huh. but yeah, I like that. I was listening to that earlier today before mm-hmm. our yeah. show, and um, this is pretty much going to do it for us here at One Dot FM, the Paranormal Channel. Alan Watt, thank you so much for being here tonight. I really, really appreciate you. You are just a fascinating guest, and I do hope you will come back. Yeah, I will, and maybe the next time you want you want to go into the the paranormal stuff because I've written lots on that I didn't know that yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay well we will definitely go into that here on One.fm the next time we speak together sure enough this is Carrie Stone filling in for Lou Gentilly on One.fm thank you for listening tonight